Welcome to a special edition of Breaking Badness. In this bonus episode, you'll hear from Adam Levin and Bo Friedlander. Co-hosts Chad Anderson, Tim Helming, and I sat down with Adam and Bo to cover their background, their new podcast, What the Hack, and much, much more. This bonus episode of Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to our special edition of Breaking Badness, recorded on August 17th, 2021. With us today, we have quite the volume of cast and characters. I believe this is the most the most voices we've ever had on this podcast. So we have Adam Levin, who's the former director of consumer affairs for the state of New Jersey. He is a serial entrepreneur and author of Swiped which he co-wrote with Bo Friedlander, who is a writer and a self-described cyber mensch. Um, so I'd like to invite both of you to join us, as well as, of course, our co-hosts, Chad Anderson and Tim Helming, and I'm Kelsey LaBelle. Uh, and we're just excited to have us. This is five people on the podcast. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, malarkey on this podcast today. What do you all think? <laughs> Malarkey's good. I'm into malarkey. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Bo and I are uh, co-hosts of a podcast called What the Hack with Adam Levin. And uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, true story. But wait, isn't malarkey kind of a political thing these days? I mean, isn't the current United States president a malarkey sayer? Are you trying to skew the audience? <laughs> he, is the master, he is the master of the malarkey saying. Ah, the malarkey sandwich. Anyway. I don't feel like... You know, I'm not into D&D, but I feel like the master of malarkey would be a good character, if I do say so myself. That's I a great too. alliteration. It, it seems like it should, along with the shaman of shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, you as you know, I prefer shenanigans to malarkey, uh, personally. Oh, I didn't know where that was in the hierarchy. Oh, is there a hierarchy? Because I think that, guys, maybe we should just all agree to split the proceeds on um, President Biden's post-presidency podcast, which we can call the Master of Malarkey. <laughs> there we go, royalties. <laughs> Recorded from the Malarkey Library. The Master of Malarkey uh, coming from the post-presidency podcast. So. <laughs> I think we're onto something here. <laughs> well, we're really excited, you know, to talk about a number of things. And to your point, Adam, um, you know, we're going to be speaking about what the hack, just going to be picking your brains on your backgrounds and where your passions lie when it comes to security and just how you two met and how essentially then the podcast came to be. So with that, we like to start our special voices from InfoSec segments with two truths and a lie. And this is uh, in reference to what we do in our typical podcast format, which is with three article titles, which is playing off the original two truths and the lie, but true to form for voices from InfoSec. When we have guests on, we like to ask them questions about themselves so we can use them to, to socially engineer them in the future. Uh, I mean, to, so our listeners can get to know them better. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so Adam and Bo, you two know each other fairly well, I'd say at this point, is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, to the point where I could say all kinds of things that are totally inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Known Adam since, since, since before there was ice. Yes. Before there were telephones and even almost before there were light bulbs. 
I feel like I won with ice. <laughs> yeah, that's ice really true. A really it, long it really time ago. sucked for the dinosaurs anyway. too, you know, so. You don't mean those immigration people, do you? Yeah, you mean the actual stuff. Oh, my God. You, you guys yeah, are yeah, dragging yeah. it back to politics no matter what we do here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have to ask real quick, Bo, uh, while we're here, you know, um, could you give me uh, Adam's mother's maiden name? I need it for a little project real quick. Uh, a little logging yeah, recovery. I, I, I will tell you. <laughs> yes, you know, his, his mother's maiden name is McGillicuddy. <laughs> And um, and and their childhood phone number is actually was two one two. By, um, I forgot yeah. what is it by nuts yeah. by nuts yeah no I don't yeah know. actually uh, actually my mother's maiden name was Ishkabibble. Gosh, but, I wish I knew okay. Oh, I thought it was McGillicuddy. That must have been my mother's maiden yeah. name, McGillicuddy. I get confused. We're yeah, What's nice it. about both of those is no one knows how to spell them. So even if they are going to record, you know, to restore your login, uh, steal your login, you're set. It's that's security by uh, familial name. It's a new thing. See, the whole theory is that you, when yeah. you set up security questions and answers, lie like a superhero. Then you have to be able to remember your lies, though, which which I have well, a have lie management the same system lies. for that. This is very true. Is oh, I give, them different, I give them different lies on different sites. Yeah, that's what an See, LMS the, is. The great thing is that when you're 71 and a half and take Ambien, doesn't matter. Every day's a new adventure anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. I, I'm concerned. Well, you can tell. Wait, you know, you can tell the same. You can tell the same lie, right? So I'm always born on April Fool's Day. That's Just a lie. You act like it. Um, <laughs> That also what I just said, but the other thing is like what I just said was also a lie. However, the the thing that, you know, you can do, you could there actually is a way to kind of hard um, code a lie. So when you make a new login, if you have a Gmail account, uh, you can just put the dot in a different place in the first part of the address. So you can have b.eau friedlander at gmail.com and you can move that dot anywhere you want and so when somebody's trying to scam you using your email address that they've gotten from some sort of leak or compromise you know exactly where it came from because they're using the bd b dot wherever the dot is will give you a clue as to what happened first that that assumes so that you remember uh, where you put the different versions of your email which things you plugged it into uh, but yes, you can. It's like a die tracing sort of uh, thing. Rule of thumb is to have a USB drive uh, where you keep those things and it's encrypted. So it is kind of it gets to be a bit of a hassle if you want to if you want to keep Fort Knox, Fort Knox. It's a bit of a hassle. Oh, it's great. It These guys are always handing out USB drives at security <laughs> conventions. It's really cool. I prefer finding them in parking lots. That's yeah, how I get my generally try to, sh we, you know, sharing is caring. Our theory also is scaring is caring and uh, handing out USBs at all events. Uh, very important, especially when you, you know, you put it in and you see. Uh, images of Bo and, and, and uh, me dancing around on your computer screen. Uh, yeah. That seems like it will incentivize people to plug USBs into their machine, though. I think you, <laughs> the, the training might not go in the way you're intending there. <laughs> no. 
Well, we came up with some pretty good lies for you. You you have you have that game you play with this two truths and a lie. You got it. And I'm very concerned at present moment. I feel like you two are pros at this. And so what we're going to do is because you two know each other so well, we've asked Adam and Bo to combine into three statements, two truths and a lie. And it could be a combination about, you know, one another, about the two of them together, whatever it might be. So you're going to tell us these three statements and then we're going to take the episode to get to know you a little better. And at the very end, you'll repeat the statements and we'll do our best job to suss out which of them is a lie. No Google, right? No Google. Only Bing or Jeeves. Okay. (laughs) All right. Adam, you want to go? You want to just read them? The first one is that Adam is an avid skydiver. The second is, Bo was the publisher of the Unabomber. And the third is, Adam spent quality time with Frank Sinatra. We should do one together, which I I think I have. Adam and Bo, for fun, challenge people to races in various cities in the United States. Just driving around. So, so that's, that's three truths and one lie or two truths and two lies or uh, what's our distribution here? There's a, the extra one is a mystery. Ah, I like this. It it either, uh, you know, drastically improves our chances with two lies that we could pick or, uh, you know, makes them far worse. This this is a great Vegas uh, uh, situation. (laughs) And it may have been that we're sticking with the assignment, and it may be that yeah. we didn't. <laughs> but I think there, what will happen is it will make it harder for you to. Help. Yeah, I I just have the feeling overall you're you're gonna Kobayashi Maru the whole thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I have my cup right here, but it says Dixie on the bottom of it. <laughs> You are referring to the usual suspects, Kobayashi, on the bottom of the guy's mug, usual suspects, and and giveaway of the movie. Oh, no, no. I'm I'm referring to the Kobayashi Maru uh, game from uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Ah. How dare you? <laughs> well, just close your eyes and think about how empowering it would be to pull your car up next to someone else pull down the window and say, you want to race that thing for pink slips? Because that's what we do. That's, that's yeah. one of the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I heard there about, uh, then we're going to get into that about your appearance in fast and the furious 10. Um, that's going to be coming. We've been yeah. in all of them. We've I, actually I'm been actually the rock. We have been. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, you're, would you stop? We're extras. He likes to just reach for the brass ring, but we're just extras. We're always in them. We're always just like, you know, the, the schlummy little bum blums out in the parking lot. But we've got a nice car and um, and we we, we I, have some tricks. I wanted to we be Paul win, Walker, but, but unfortunately tricks. that didn't end well. So I, I decided I didn't have a new character. Yeah. So. yeah. so now you have to be you. They still let you in to get the craft service, right? <laughs> You can get the craft service anywhere. That's the kind of social engineering. I'm with yeah. the band. I'm with, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm man too with briefcase. <laughs> the rock stunt devil, obviously. 
He's bolder. So, indeed. So, we do appreciate you inviting us on so that we can lower your digital property values and, uh, and ensure that nobody ever listens to What the Hack (laughs) with Adam Levin. (laughs) Well, what brings us here today? What are we doing? Why are we here? Bo needed some place to be able to show somebody his very clean white t shirt. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're on an audio podcast. We don't even have the pleasure of seeing this clean white t-shirt. Well, well close your eyes and imagine a clean white t-shirt. Sure, sure. Crisp. Crisp, crisp. even, yeah. Very, yeah. it's a crisp white, yeah. yeah. Nearly gleaming. Indeed, it's, it, it, it's, it was to highlight my beard, I'm, which I'm growing for Christmas so that I can play Santa somewhere. <laughs> More like Tim Burton's Santa. I'm down with that. That's great. That's even better. There's, 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 there's more fun in that. Isn't cyber fun? Hmm. Cyber is fun, fun. but let's, let's take it back. Let's take it way, way, way back. You know, we were talking about dinosaurs. We were talking about uh, light bulbs, things like that. So how did you, how did you get here? Like, how did you get into technology? And uh, by the way, I'm going to just make this a jump ball and let whichever of you uh, wants to answer first uh, dive in. But we would love to know uh, what, what drew you into technology and uh, uh, what got you to where you are uh, today? Bo, do you want to start? I think it was the Firestone 500, well, no, wasn't it? For Adam? me, it was further back. I mean, I grew up in a family with a uh, godfather who was a United States senator. So I was always kind of immersed in big policy issues. Uh, went to law school, became head of consumer affairs for the state of New Jersey. So very oriented to consumer protection. Founded a company in 1994 called Credit.com, which was really one of the first online financial services, products, advocacy, education companies. And then in 2003, started a company called, at that time, Identity Theft 911. We focused on helping people put their lives back together again, in particular, policyholders for insurance companies and financial services institutions. Along the way, uh, we changed our name to IDT 911 because a lot of companies said, you're scaring our clients half to death with identity theft 911. They think they've all been compromised every time you guys get involved for us. Uh, but then after a few years, a lot of reporters said, so are you an alarm company or a phone company? Uh, we went global and changed our name to Cyber Scout, And that's really how I got here. So when you were when you were working for consumer affairs for New Jersey, was that, uh, was that kind of pre.com or did it straddle the pre and the post.com? Like how much of what you did there was online versus, uh, the, you know, brick and mortar? Almost nothing was online. It was, it was prehistoric. Uh, I was there from 1977 to 1982. What about the, the Adam, the recording. Tell him about the recording style. Well, what we did is uh, my friend Walter Dartland, who is no longer on the planet, uh, he was the consumer advocate of Miami-Dade. And uh, he and I put together something called Tell Consumer. Now, those were the days where they had Tell Med and Tell Law, which is different than Tell Bo. Uh, That was where you would call up and they would uh, give you information on all things legal, 
all things medical. It was kind of like WebMD, but with Ernestine played by Lily Tomlin. So the one we created was where you could call up and ask a series of questions related to consumer protection. And I, sneakily wishing desperately to one day become a United States senator, did all the recording myself. So I saved the state a fortune, but I got my voice out there. And then every night uh, when everyone would leave about six o'clock at night, I would man the phone lines from six to nine. So when people would call, I would take the call. Uh, I'd ask them a little bit about what they saw with the going on in the state, what their perspective was as consumers. And they were trying to figure out who is this guy. And then I would plug in one of the 400 cassettes, depending upon whatever question they asked. And the biggest thing we really ever did is that uh, in the late 70s, uh, I was contacted by a first assistant attorney general who I work with, who said his wife had a problem with a tire and that the tire had basically exploded. And he said, could you check your files and see if there's anything involving exploding tires or tires that are unraveling? So I had my folks check and lo and behold, we found a number of, of complaints. So I called the head of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Joan Claybrook, and I said, what do you guys have? And she said, well, interestingly enough, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., the state of California is going to publicly announce they're opening a hotline for people to call in with complaints. Last time I checked, 9 a.m. California time is three hours after 9 a.m. New Jersey time. So that night I recorded the tapes uh, where people could call and indicate they're having a problem. And we made a, a, a press announcement, which went national. And so California and New Jersey were the lead uh, states in the Firestone 500 uh, disaster, which occurred. This was now in the 70s. I think you remember there was one in the that happened in the early 2000s. Uh, but this is one of the original ones. And uh, so that was kind of the, the, the connection between technology and the way we were doing things. And uh, it was kind of an interesting entree into all of it. So that was a really concise way of saying it was pre-internet? Pre. Well, you did, you did raise, the, you asked me, you did. Never I, asked I did. me. I did. I did. And I love the story. I, I like the story. And when I, if I happen to be on my deathbed with a mouthful of strawberry jello, I am going to there ask you know. to hear that story. So it's very pre, pre it so it's much. prehistoric, no, actually, like when it came to the internet. But, <laughs> but we, met, um, we met through a guy who actually thought he was Machiavelli, the, uh, the prince counselor from Italy who wrote that book that made the phrase Machiavellian. Is oh, this a letter. U.S. senator? Uh, isn't that right, Adam? <laughs> no, he was not a U.S. senator. He was a person who liked to call U.S. senators up and invite them to his parties. And raise money for them. Yes, that was his. So we met through this guy, and he, um, interestingly, was, was helping Adam write some things at one point, but he would call me up and be like, hey, I need to write this thing about such and such. And we'd talk for a second and I would just say, why don't I just write it for you? And <laughs> then I would send it. And then unbeknownst to me, he was sending them to Adam as something that he wrote. And Adam and I finally figured it out and became people who wrote together ourselves. 
Um, but it was kind so of a been, funny little. We've been writing together. Weird way. So knowing, knowing that we that, were that writing together. Ten uh, years. About 11 years ago. Uh, or 10 years. Was that 11? No, but before that, but it was a couple years before that. So like yeah, it was definitely 13, a I couple think. years before that when we didn't know that we were writing together, but in fact, we were writing together. <laughs> yeah. Had no idea. That, so you guys was... then really came together because of a scam. And that really is a good segue then, I guess, to what the hack where you come together and true. speak about That's scams. So uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the show and uh, kind of the the ideas that came uh, together there to uh, like why you guys decided to do that show to begin with? And uh, kind of was it people just kept calling you with their consumer problems um, all these years afterwards and saying, uh, you know, hey, I've been hacked. This is what's going on. The the modern uh, Firestone 500 or what? What uh, that together? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Adam, I mean, I mean, that's pretty much it. Adam and I, we, we basically have partner desks facing each other. And um, we do this stuff all day long. And we've done it for years where we, you know, people will call and we talk it through and we'll think about what kind of scams are out there and what, what hacks are out there and what kind of compromises are out there and how they affect people. And um, I mean, that is the genesis of it, isn't it, Adam? No, oh, totally. And, you know, it's, it, yeah. I, it would be amazing how many people would call me and say, listen, I've had this problem. I know that you do a lot of media about this. And uh, can you help me? And I always had... But giant people, like really, like from all walks of life too, Adam. Oh, you really from the uh, titans of the industry down to 100%. regular folks who their kid had a problem or they had an issue. And... Uh, I would, Bo and I would talk them through it, and then I would turn them over to a fraud expert at CyberScout, and then CyberScout would would actually take care of it, put, a, put them on identity monitoring programs, uh, do the resolution. You know, by that time, we were uh, in several countries, and we had people really all over the world who were in a position to help people with any problem that they had. I sold that company in March. Uh, so I can't call them anymore. So really, it was really was a no. It really was uh, a congratulations on selling it, Adam. But it really was a Thanks. always when we got these phone calls was it was a no shame zone because when people get got, um, it's sometimes pretty embarrassing. Um, and so we'd have people who you know high profile people who got that you know the the very well worn scam of. We know that you were on a naughty website and we turned on your video and we have video of you enjoying yourself and we're going to send it to your wife if you don't send us $5,000 in Bitcoin um, to much more complex things, um, including a media, um, you know, person, well-known person who who really did get hacked. But for all the world, it did not look like they got hacked. And the forensics there were pretty intense to figure out what it is, was. And that's as much as we can even say about it, because some of them are so sensitive that you that, you know, were we to give you any more information, it would be instantly identifiable. But you, you have to also understand that, I mean, these cases run the gamut from a credit card takeover to new account creation to medical identity theft, child related identity theft, and then things as complicated as criminal identity theft were a in the trail of breadcrumbs leads back to the victim. 
or hacks. There's, you know, and there's, there have, we've, there certainly have been hacks. You know, people are fond of saying like, you know, my blog got hacked. I would never say that about so-and-so. Um, and you know, they're lying, <laughs> but, um, but there are hacks where you can actually just change the timestamp, go all the way back and make it look like, uh, I won't name the platforms, but platforms we all know and use, um, are, have been manipulated to make it look like someone said something they didn't. Oh, certainly. Yeah. And, and that is, and that is, you know, when you get into that level of complexity, it's, it's, you know, you're in the land of forensics and we do have, because of the work that Adam's done over the years, you know, the other day we got a call from actually my, my um, partner was on Instagram and said, I think my friend got hacked and she's going to be on the show. Uh, what the hack, our, our podcast um, in an upcoming episode, um, Ivana Milicevic, she's been on a lot of different TV shows and, and she indeed had gotten hacked. Her Instagram account had gotten hacked and we were able to hook her up with a forensics person we know, Andre Crail, who helped her out immediately. But it was just a luck of the draw that we noticed it and were able to help. And, and that was actually a rather complex API um, uh, hack where it, they would take over an, an Instagram account with a regular phishing email, say like, oh, you, you know, you did a copyright infringement. I need your password to rectify the situation. But once they had it, they'd figured out an API, API exploit that allowed them to maintain control through a kind of Hootsuite thing um, and, ga and game that system. There's also been lots of uh, cloning of accounts and changing like a single word now and using that to fish friends um, of people. There's just so yeah, much yeah. that uh, can be easily manipulated there in those platforms. Uh, I look forward to hearing that episode. That sounds interesting um, from a exploit perspective as well. What's so interesting is like it's just like it proves like nowadays, like Adam and I are aren't the quickest people on earth, and it actually it pays to go slow. <laughs> No, I mean, right, Adam? I mean, that, like, you, the slower you go, the less that you can, you're going to get got. Well, Bo, is this, is it, the truth what, is, Bo, Adam? that I have, you know, in the time you were talking, I've gone to Los Angeles, Seattle, Oregon, New York, and I'm back in Arizona again. So when you talk about being but slower. That's because you've been hanging out with Elon. That's because you've been <clears throat> hanging out with Musk again. Yeah. And you keep going on that stupid plane of his. No, but, um, no, some of the rules but, of, rules of thumb that we try to tell people is, you know, first of all, never trust, always question, always verify, mm -hmm. always. Unfortunately, right. now, even when someone sends you an e card, it's a buzzkill. Call them up and say, "Did you really just send me an e card?" Uh, always. Uh, my cousin always does it. I can't stand it. And and <laughs> sorry, cousin. And the the important, really, concept to understand in all of this is that. The, the bad guys win when the good guys are distracted. And we are distracted. Right. I mean, each and every one of us has a day job, whatever it is, whether it's running a podcast, working for someone, running a business, raising a family, going to school, being involved in philanthropic activities. That's a day job. At least in some cases, it's a round-the-clock job. Uh, but for a bad actor, we are their day job. And so it's not a fair fight. And we try to help people understand how unfair this fight really is 
and ways they can better make themselves harder targets. Yeah, I bring this up when I'm doing uh, like education things because it's you don't want to shame anybody, you know, and and we're all going to fall for something at some point. And that distraction factor is such a huge part of the world that we're inhabiting right now. We just live in, you know, a highly, highly distracted time. And uh, it's I think that's a I think it's a really important point because I think that's a big part of it. You know, it's not that people are stupid. There's some stupid people out there, but, it, you know, in general, it's not that. It's that we're doing things that make our brains work less well. And, uh, and that provides all kinds of openings. I think it goes that, you know, as you've spoken about here, Bo, that uh, cybersecurity, uh, well, getting hacked, is it's a great equalizer, right? Like it happens to everybody. It happens to uh, the, you know, tycoons and it happens to, um, you know, your regular Joe. Um, people are having their identity stolen and accounts opened, um, you know, even if they have no money whatsoever. And people who are uh, very wealthy are having their uh, uh, accounts siphoned, right, you know, um, by by a hack either way. It, not shaming people um, as well as like just even speaking about security um, with everybody because everyone's level of understanding and sophistication is so spread across the board. How do you guys approach uh, talking about security in an accessible way with that broad spectrum of of people that uh, you have to interact with and and speak to about um, you know getting hacked, getting got? Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Adam, it's it's really all about saying to people, look, we're we're all in this together, and assuming the fact that breaches have become the third certainty in life behind death and taxes, which they have. <laughs> and the fact that people are, well, people, uh, you need to create a framework. And the framework we've created are the three M's. How do you minimize your risk of exposure, reduce your attackable surface? How do you monitor so you know as quickly as possible you have an issue? And then how do you manage the damage? And it's everything from password protocols and security to two-factor authentication to not clicking on every link that comes your way, not downloading every cool app unless you've checked it out, freezing your credit, uh, those kinds of things to monitoring with everything from getting your credit report, reviewing it, making sure that you not only know that, yes, I did this, but whoa, what's that? I didn't do that. Tracking credit scores, getting transactional monitoring alerts from your financial institutions, and then managing the damage. And a lot of people don't realize that at this moment, a lot of institutions are making identity protection and personal cyber service protection available uh, as a perk of a relationship uh, with either your insurance company, your financial services organization, or now the big thing is that a significant percentage of employers are offering as part of their benefits programs, both employer paid and voluntary benefit, uh, identity protection services. Right. And Adam, that's like, what is the average loss that an employer experiences when an employee is hacked? It's, an, it's a lot. Well, if, if an employee is hacked and their credentials are used to access networks, uh, well, there you, go, you know, yeah. the cost of breaches are in the U.S., they say, could be upwards of nine million. Globally, it's about four, four million or so. And then depending upon right. the size of the breach, it just escalates from there. 
But I was talking about employee benefits, like the cost, even if like uh, as an employee, my my identity is stolen. I'm going to spend a week not being a very productive employee because I have to like figure things out. And there are now these services where you can call Cyber Scout. Adam's company was one of them where they have a high touch uh, uh, approach to rectifying the situation. And, you know, so you can go straight back. Because yeah, that's work. a lot of work for the average consumer. Um, a lot of things to keep track of for the average consumer as well. Um, uh, like, are there any easy improvements that from all the people that you've spoken to that you would see as a way we could help uh, consumers better as an industry? Like something that because um, it does seem like there's just, you know, if you're monitoring your credit and your transactions and your logins and, and everything constantly, um, that's a. That's a lot of monitoring time for the average bear. Not so hard, actually. It really isn't. Adam taught me how to do it. I, 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 when in my, my, what happened when Adam, I mean, you, you, when I first met Adam, he was like, you know, you should check your bank account every day and you should check your other financial accounts every day and you should check your credit card accounts every day. And I was like, are you out of your <laughs> mind? I'm not doing that. And, um, you know, with the advent of apps, it's a lot easier these days. But, um, I started doing it, and I'll tell you that, um, and Adam likes to take credit for this, and he should, my credit score bounced up like 80 points just by being in touch with it, knowing what was going on. And it's, I mean, and, and I don't think it's as work intensive as people would like to make you believe. I mean, not using stupid passwords really doesn't take a whole lot of effort. <laughs> or, it's not a big or job. Getting, yeah. a, getting a password manager, you know, I mean, you get it, and then you only have to remember the password to your password manager. Um, two-factor authentication takes an extra few seconds, not the end of the world. Um, freezing your credit, a little bit of a pain in the butt in the beginning, but once you have it set up with each of the bureaus, it really takes a matter of minutes and you can thaw and then refreeze your credit. Um, you know, get your credit report, take a look at it. It's not like it's a science project. Uh, you'll know pretty quickly. But, you know, again, monitoring it, thing too, Adam, the monitoring thing too is what was that scam years ago where somebody figured out that if you charge a small amount of money, no one really notices. And so what was it? Seven something? Nine eighty four. That's what people were yeah, charging. And there was all these. Yeah. And you wouldn't, you just wouldn't see it. So it does matter. Like you look through your charges and like, what is that 984? And there's a company that company. even now, I, I've, the name escapes me, but they actually look at your bills and can immediately tell you whether you're getting gray charged. Uh, and the whole theory is that if I charge 984 to 5 million people, even if I get a reasonably uh, decent percentage of them, I'm going to make a lot of money. So uh, what's a gray charge? The gray charge is charges that would basically disappear when you look at a bill. Because most people, when they look at their bills, they're looking for $50, $100, $250, you know, that kind of stuff. The little teeny charges don't necessarily jump out at them. Even like if they're looking at their cell cellular bill, um, little teeny mm. charges escape them. And those are the charges that could be fraudulent charges. So you need to set up your uh, payment processor account so that it comes through and it looks like AMAZN. Um, you know, when you go and do those 984 charges and that's how you really get away with that scam. Huge. Uh, everyone's just as used to seeing Amazon on their bill at this point. Oh yeah, that's true. Amazon's yeah. a big one. I was going to tell you, I, I have this weird habit of when I'm getting scammed cause I get fished a lot. 
I, I, I let them fish me. And then, um, and you were talking about the distractions earlier. Well, I, I had the, this guy. Oy. So I got a charge for 300 and some odd dollars to re-up on a subscription for Norton Antivirus, ironically. And uh, I, I knew it was a scam, so I called the guy. And yeah, I let, him, I let him almost get into my computer. And then I stopped and I was like, this is the FBI. <laughs> he hung up on me. And then he called me right back and he was like, who is this really? And I was like, the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that that's a good way to answer your phone uh, when, you, when it's an unknown well, number. No, but then, he, then he, I get, the guy sends me a different exploit every day now. He's just trying. It's like WhatsApp, Telegram. He's, like, he's figured out who I am. He has my phone number. And so he's kind of like burrowed down wherever my phone number will give him access. And he's trying. He's got Amazon. That was what made me think of it. I've, I've had that a $20 charge to Amazon where I was like, really? $20? That's what you came up with? That's not going to work. You just <laughs> so. always want to make sure that if you answer the phone FBI, you're not taking a phone call by mistake. From the FBI. From the FBI. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, they kind of frown on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I would just say Friedlander Bo information line. Hello. <laughs> Bo, I have a feeling in 10 to 15 years, you'll have a second podcast with this character and you'll have Which a ridiculous one? backstory. This the, the one who's trying to scam you. Trying yeah. to win your friendship. I mean, scam you. I think Bo and just... Sir scams a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If you're exchanging phishing emails, technically well, you're writing together for years. That's gorgeous. Yeah, this is very well, true. Maybe I think we might I'll, I'll actually get married. Who knows? Is this going to become a heartwarming story? I'm so good. Pros and cons. I'm so good at show. what I do that actually you're not talking to Bo. You've been talking to my alter ego that I've created. Uh, so you see. <laughs> wow. So where's the rom-com? Because I'm confused. Is the rom-com with you? Are we getting married or am I marrying the scammer guy? Well, some people are scam. in love with themselves. So, you know, that's <laughs> what happens. So, No, I don't really. I'm, I bore myself. But I would love to get married. So maybe I'll get married to the scammer guy. I don't know. We'll see. I'm open. Scammer, if you're listening, I love you, scammer. You make my days interesting. <laughs> Adam wanted us to bring you to this podcast so he could finally tell you that he is one and the same with the scammer. That's, that's why we're this here is, today. This is Adam, are we questioner. getting married? Possibly. <laughs> that too. <laughs> you heard it here it would first be news on Breaking to my Badness, wife folks. and your partner, but hey, you know. Yeah, yeah whatever. They just re revealed the season finale <laughs> okay. to What the Hack. It ends in a wedding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, and in and, and episode 20, we'll tell you what we decided yeah. to do. But, you know, actually, when you think about cyber and you think about world events and heaven knows cyber has has had a fairly disastrous impact around the world and is only getting worse. Uh, you know, you think about some of the things that are coming down the pike, like, for instance, the infrastructure bill, which I think is a very important piece of legislation. And in the infrastructure bill, they've allocated some sixty five billion dollars for expanding broadband uh, throughout rural America, as well as uh, speeding up broadband, making it broader um, and faster uh, for lower income communities around the country, which, again, is very important that people should have access to this. But then there's that little extra problem that comes with it called Mr. Putin and friends. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure all those we, crazy bears. All the all the bears 
at cyber bear, cozy bear, pudgy bear, weird bear, bear bear, all of that. Tummy bear. Yummy bear, tummy bear. And and the truth is, and gummy. And they, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this will be, if you'll excuse the pun, fertile fields for them. Uh, So, you know, again, the kinds of things that we do in this country, we have to combine. And that's why I appreciate your show with that which is educational broadband thing that broadband thing is 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 scary because you know what happens adam when when your broadband's faster yeah they get to download the stuff they're stealing from you faster too if you have bad broadband if you have a slow connection it takes the 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 people on the wrong end of the stick a while to get your information but um takes you you a while to download the malware too they're pretty tiny. Have you you know about steganography, right? Sure, yeah. So, I mean, think about that. I mean, the the piece that gets downloaded first happens in the background, and it's it's inert, and your malware anti malware can't see it, antivirus can't see it, and then you get a f- picture, which is the trigger, and opens it up. That's how I understand it. Um, I think that it, it doesn't have to be very big. It just has to open up a channel for the hackers to then use to do their work. Am I wrong about that? I'm I'm love to be. No, wrong. I think I think in general that's that's true. Yeah, it, it, we have a guy on our show who's not here with us today named Travis Adam. How what is Travis? We refer to Travis as the voice of God because he has a voice two octaves lower than what I imagine God's to be. But Travis is our uh, technology guru. Yeah. And if we don't like I, I all sometimes, you know, in the beginning of Rachel Maddow's show, I don't mean to politicize things again. She'll often tell the viewers what's happening and then she'll have an expert on and say, did I get that right? Um Travis is our, did I get that right guy? And then he'll usually say an 18 octaves lower than I can do. Well, not exactly. And then. And he <laughs> tends to, he exactly. tends to shake his head a lot when we ask him questions, you know, so like really guys, come on now. But, uh, yeah. Oh. but yeah, it's a true story. The, you know, again, there is an interesting quote, by Bruce Schneier, who's considered a lion in our industry. Uh, And he talks about the fact that if you think throwing a lot of money at technology is going to solve your security problems, then you don't understand Mm -hmm. security and you don't understand the technology. And so what we try to do uh, in the show, as well as what we've tried to do throughout our professional lives, is to is to make people understand it's it's not just about buying, you know, the things that everyone advertises is this will make you more secure because it doesn't matter how secure you are if you're going to click on the wrong link at the wrong moment. And well, no amount of money is not no amount of money is going to make you smart. Money can't get you out of dumb. So it's, um, it's really and, security and and privacy and creating a culture of security and privacy culture right yeah it's it's cultural because if you're in that culture if you're in that culture you don't have to be smart you just have to go with the flow and the flow is you know being careful i don't know it seems to be the best answer right now so i mean it sounds like you're saying there's hope that way i think there is no there is hope don't you adam i think there's hope and 
the passage of laws like GDPR and the California Consumer Protection Act, uh, the new law in Colorado, the new law in New York, the Shield Law. I mean, we are moving toward uh, legislation that is trying to enhance privacy and also get people to really think about this culture of privacy and security. If we could only do that at the national level, oh my gosh, how amazing would that be? We don't seem to be there yet because they can't even agree on what privacy is in Washington. Uh, generally, they, they can't agree on much, but uh, um, there is hope. And I think people are becoming more cautious. Uh, companies are becoming uh, a little tougher. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, real efforts are being made, just not enough yet. And the reality is, look, we all have a shared responsibility. Government isn't doing enough. Business hasn't done enough. Consumers also haven't done enough. But then again, it's not like, well, didn't your parents teach you this? The answer is obviously not because nobody taught them this. But uh, it's really all trying. But I see like, yeah. But I see, Adam, like, you know, nowadays, you know, think about, I don't know, eight years ago. The only the only public airwaves message about this stuff was was companies like LifeLock. I mean, where you, where consumers were coming in contact with the idea that there might be a problem. And nowadays, uh, you can't spend any time in a pub, in in a, in a broadcast media or a digital media and not get hit with a message about um, cyber cybersecurity, hackers. Um, identity theft it is now a, a fact of life and um i mean remember when it was Anne kavuki and all by herself up in canada saying privacy by design privacy by design security by design and that you know companies might be able to make a living in a mark a strong marketing campaign by pushing their privacy well policies I'll, I'll give you an even further back is that at the time that choice point was breached which was the first iconic breach. They were a, a data gathering organization. And that was California at that time was the only state in the country that had a breach notification law. And they were operating out of Georgia. And the craziest thing is they had to report based on California, but they didn't have to report based on Georgia. Now, you know, every state has those requirements. But more importantly, in the old days, the victim was always wrong. You were guilty until proven innocent. Mm -hmm. You would deal with uh, debt yeah. collectors and people like that coming after you for debts that weren't yours. And the response of the debt collector was, as always, boy, if I had a dime for every person who told me their identity was stolen, I'd be a wealthy person. So I don't buy it. So the culture at least has changed to the point where victims are truly being recognized as victims and real efforts are being uh, expended for the purpose of, yeah. of educating. Yeah. Instead of potential, you know, thieves, which is thieves, which is what it was back in the day. I, the first time I ever had my identity stolen was in the form of a credit card takeover. And um, somebody charged $500 worth of Nike sneakers on my card in gold. And, um, and thank you. And, they were great and, you know, sneakers, by the way. I love them. You know, I knew it was you and, and, yeah, but at any rate, the, the, um, you know, that charge stayed on my card for two months while they ascertained whether or not I had been telling the truth. And that's no longer the case, right? 
obviously now when we're, we, if, if we pump gas in a state we've never been in, we might even get denied. Or they'll, is this you, us? And that's great. So there's, there's, there's I mean, there's so much uh, room for hope here. I think there's a ton of hope. I, I, I think, you know, but, but if, if your hope is that you won't get hacked, there's no hope. There's no hope there. Unless, <laughs> unless you tune into what the heck. There you well, go. Or you, <laughs> or you live, or you live under a, bo- a, you know, one of our favorite places on Earth is the bottom of Loon Lake. Um, if you live down there under a bottle cap, you might not get hacked. But you'll be good. Otherwise, you're pretty much gonna get. Hacked. I don't know about you, but we all live in a yellow submarine. It's fairly safe here. Right, but that's what. See, but and you have communications. It's I'm sure it's pretty, but you you because you're in the submarine, you're part of the system, man. Yeah. Part of the system. No, but I invite you all to join me in the octopus garden, however. Oh, I love the octopus garden. But are we allowed to eat any of them or is it? No, No. probably not. Mm -mm. That's considered rude, I think, in in most octopus cultures. But, you know, local customs may vary. And they're smart, too. So they might have tricks for, like, punishment or who knows. You know, they might really be able to get at you. There you go, Bo. you even. You know, sucking up to the squid again. (laughs) Oh, that is painful. Uh, well, I highly recommend if you're tuning into Breaking Badness, be sure to tune into What the Heck. I know that Chad, Tim, and I have already, of course, but we'll continue to tune in. And do those episodes tend to come out about every Monday? Is that right? Every Monday. Mm-hmm. Every Monday. And they okay. always feature somebody who has had an experience with some form of hacking or scam. So there's some, we talk about some stuff, some of the stuff we've talked about today, and then we hear a story and then kind of get to um, cyber car talk, kind of have a conversation about what they might, what, what happened and what they could do to not have it happen again. That's beautiful. Well, speaking of stories, to wrap up this incredible episode, we really enjoyed having you both on. I think it's time for you to um, share once more your four statements and Chad, Tim, and I will do our best to guess which combination are true or not so true. Are you two ready? Mm. Yeah. I'm ready. Read them. Okay. Do so it. the first is that I'm an avid skydiver. Mm-hmm. The second is that Bo was the publisher for the Unabomber. Mm-hmm. The third is that I spent quality time with Frank Sinatra. And I leave the fourth to Bo. That Adam and I are buffoons. No, that we drive around um, and challenge people to race on city streets in exchange for the title of their car. Well, I, I'm inclined. Uh, I, I'm inclined to think that you know whatever you might think about his his music, it, it's probably pretty hard to have had quality time with Frank Sinatra. So I, I'm, that one's <laughs> tickling me a little bit. Uh, so I'm just going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say, I think that's a lie, but that means that, that, uh, at least until the fourth statement was brought in, it would have meant that Bo had published the Unabomber, which is, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that quite honestly. So, uh, we do a tech show. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, what is the other, what are the other ones? You're sure that Adam's an avid skydiver. Yeah. I mean, you could do, well, I'm not sure of any of this, you know? 
This is the first time Adam. You has can learned. do a lot of things on Ambien. <laughs> Adam true. may not remember skydiving anytime, um, but uh, maybe Bo's been uh, setting it up. So as he's deep in his slumber coma, you know, he's. If I could tell you how many times I've woken up in the morning, it's sitting on my porch having coffee, and Adam just plumps down <laughs> yeah. in my front yard in an ambient blur, nylon all over the place. It's blasting Frankie Blue Adam. Eyes from a from a stereo. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely, and then there's the the last, and then the fourth statement. Yeah, well, you've got to get there at some point if you're going to challenge people to to. Uh, races uh, so i think they're all true um but i'm gonna go with uh i think that i'm gonna go with the skydiver i just don't uh i i don't think you would uh be a skydiver it doesn't you know seem um you know if you've done all this consumer protection work you know how dangerous it is to pack shoots <laughs> um and i would hope you uh, always uh, you pack know, your own shoot. that's what they say though yeah yeah well, Adam, Adam, you know, he has a point there. You are, you are a careful man. Mm-hmm. And hmm. wait, wait, Kelsey asked. Yeah, Kelsey, that. what's your so, take? I'm going to agree with Chad. And what is it? What's the, uh, the idiom? Um, if, if you fail at something once, give up skydiving. Is that what they say? <laughs> or don't, don't uh, take up skydiving. If at first don't you don't succeed, skydiving. don't take up skydiving. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. There it is. That, it, that sounds quite a bit better. Yeah, I'm going to go. So I'm going to agree Adam, with Chad. Adam, Adam. Yes. You and I, we have, we talk like this and we drive up in a very fast car and we say, roll down the window. And then we make them roll down the window and then we go, come on, I'll race you. I actually, your car. see, I think that's true because I think you could totally go around saying that because probably nobody takes you up on it, but maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. Well, what we do, I'm not kidding. This is, so I'll give you one. That's true. And we do, and we drive around in a very fast car and we pull up, we usually will pick like a 1986 Corolla <laughs> and we'll ask them to race <laughs> us. And they look, they, you know. I don't think we've actually asked, but he and I, with the windows up, will be like, "Come on, <laughs> let's go." Let's say we're living so, we're living the dream. We're not exactly executing the dream. So we actually are buffoons. No, but we have we do we do we do that. We like to drive around together and crack crack each other up. Um, so that's a freebie. That was true. What's the final? guess here come on what, what's the final thing is it chad's chad takes the day it's a skydiving thing you really think i worked with the unabomber thanks i mean it it uh it seems to me with a writing background that being in publishing mm -hmm. would make sense um your beard is coming <laughs> in really well uh so mm -hmm. i think i think it's a possibility yeah i think that uh i i would speak with ted before i would jump out of a plane so if i just put myself in those those shoes well i'm gonna tell you that that adam and i are are people who have known brushes with fame and notoriety so the unabomber is true and frank sinatra is true and chad you got it right well done and kelsey did too yeah kelsey. and as to skydiving I, I wouldn't jump off the side of my tub. <laughs> yeah. My wife reminds me I have enough trouble getting off a bar stool, yeah. you know, so. Oh, 
terrible. It's the worst thing you could. No, there's no reason to do it. None. My favorite skydiving story was somebody that 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 Kelsey and Chad and I used to work with said that she went skydiving once and she never wanted to go again. And she said the reason was because it was boring. She said she got out of the plane and like she's instantly she's falling down. <laughs> she's like, "Well, okay, this is this is this. Like, when's this? When are we done? Like, what's for lunch?" <laughs> I thought that was well, a pretty exciting interesting part reaction. The chute doesn't open. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I won't tell you. The, it's a long story, but I'll, even just the beginning of the long story was that I was looking out of the plane. I had given my sister for her 40th birthday skydiving lessons. And she said, do you know when you give someone a sharp item, you have to give them a coin, right? And I was like, uh-huh. And she was like, well, when you give them skydiving, you got to go skydiving with them. And I was like, oh, no, really? I have to go? And so I found myself up in this plane, strapped to some dude who, like, was probably playing beer pong while I was strapped to him. <laughs> and then I was having second thoughts. And I looked at him and I was like, I'm having second. And he jumped. Uh... <laughs> I did. And you're it. here to tell the story. It was not boring I, the whole time. It was nothing boring about it. I was like, oh, it's kind of pretty. Ah! i thought it was scary anyway and that those are our truths you're right so you you definitely i can't wait to pull up next to you guys in my uh crv and uh i i hope i win um bring your title with you he'd like the pink slip whatever the fast thing is that you guys are driving it's a good trade maybe we can get vin we can get vin diesel to come with us to make it even more Yeah, no, we built the fast thing. Also true. Adam and I actually built the fast vehicle that we drive ourselves using various parts from different cars. And if you believe that, okay, that's, I a, lie. Got a, that's a lie. That's a Johnny Cash you. song, actually. <laughs> <laughs> My Chevy Porsche Ford Doris. <laughs> well, Thank you for sharing those delightfully true and untrue stories with us. Those were quite entertaining. We've really enjoyed having you on today, and we look forward to continuing to listen to your your gorgeous voices on What the Heck. Oh, you flatter me too much. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for speaking with us today. We're looking forward to, to more of Breaking Badness, and thank you so much for having us. I hope you do listen to What the Hack with Adam Levin, but we'll for sure be tuning in every week to you guys and um, every episode, I should say, and, and thank you so much for we your really time. We really appreciate it. It Thanks was fun. Thank you. Can you play like Monty Python's whole, uh, Flying Circus at the end? That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>